0: Friedman. Some uh, 28 years ago, Debbie and I uh, lost an infant son. And we turned to Rebbe Zatzau to do the impassi- impossible task of speaking at, at the Leviah. And Rebbe opened up with a pasuk, l'sarav and explain the difference between Lispod where you make an accounting of the individual and Lifkota, where you share your feelings and cry for the loss of the individual. I don't think myself up to a true husband of Rebbe. So it's I want to share with you some of my feelings today. Feelings that I feel most of Riz Talmidim share. Livkot. When we went uh, to visit the shiva home and sat down next to Rabbanit Lichtenstein, she immediately said to me, Mordechai, you really lost two fathers in one year. In that single empathetic sentence, she summed up exactly what perhaps I couldn't put my finger on. Rabbi Zatzal inspired us and guided us as a Rosh Hashiva but he cared for us like a father. One story about the depths of his concern for every single Talmud. There's no need to describe in detail Rebbe's heights of tefillah, of feelings during Yom im And surely there's no need to describe the heights that Rebbe reached during his tefillah, during Yom Kippur. How much more so, where Rebbe's heart and where Rebbe's mind was moments before Ne'ilah. My first year in Yeshiva, Ramital started Ashrei before Ne'ilah, and all of a sudden Rebbe Zatzal turned around and started to walk towards the aisle. And then he turned into a row of Talmudim, leaned over to one particular Talmud, and said, Don't worry. I didn't forget. I'll speak to you, Rebbe, after Yom Kippur. What was on Rebbe's mind? All I saw, a person standing in the area, was a Gadol B'Torah, like Avram Avinu turning to Akadosh Baruch Hu, to the Shechina, turning away for someone who needed him at that moment. What did the Talmudim that were sitting in that area think? I didn't have to be that particular Shana Aleph boy that arrived in Yeshiva maybe 29 days earlier to know what he felt. <coughs> he felt then and surely he feels now that here is a Gadol who cares about me. Here's a Gadol who at the height of his Tfilah has every single one of the 300 Talmidim in mind. Here's a giant in Talmud that's giving us security and confidence of a son. What happens next changes the course of human history, human destiny. But I wonder, at that very moment, according to the Pshad of the psukim, what was going on in Moshe's mind? The Pesach tells us his motivation was to see the sight, this, this phenomenon, Hasnan and called. He had no inkling of what exactly he was stepping into. That is the type of feeling that most students that come to Yeshiva HaRatzion have, before coming to Yeshiva, and definitely before meeting and Lichtenstein Zatzal. I could only speak for myself, maybe. I know that I wasn't ready. I remember the very scariest day of my life, and I've seen many, many scary things. Sitting across the table from Aaron Lichtenstein Zatzal, during my Bechina to get into Yeshiva HaRatzion. I remember, and I'm going to skip the whole interview, but I will tell you that the end, at the end of the interview, I remember going to my father and saying to my father, You have no idea what a Gadol he was. That as soon as I said what, part, what page we were up to in, in the beginning of Kedushin, he immediately knew the entire Daf. Today, I tell you all this story in complete embarrassment of not understanding, not even being on the Madrega to understand what Gadol the Torah was. Who was ready for Rebbe's level of Kavad Ha'adam? We know many stories of hearing more and more of, of sheer greatness of, of, of Rebbe Zatzal. But as I tell you this story, I ask you, try to imagine seeing this happening when you were 18 years old. One day, Rebbe was late to shear. And the people sitting in the shear room in the Moadon couldn't figure out what happened. Someone said he thought he saw him come, come up to the office earlier. And I decided to slip out to see what was happening. And he went right away to his office. And there in the mavoah, standing right by the water fountain, was a line of little yeshuv children, maybe six or seven years old, standing in line taking a drink. The kid in the front, I think, was just f- fooling around with the water. And at the end of the line stood... Rebbe Zatzal, waiting his turn to drink. What kavod dumb? What empathy for young people? What moral sensitivity? Who was ready to learn that from Rebbe? Who knew what was in store for him when he came to Yeshiva Haaretzim? We What we saw inspired us to greatness. Asura I came to Yeshiva Haritzion because my father said that's the place you have to go. I came to Yeshiva Haritzion perhaps for Torah Mada, but what I got was inspiration in avodas Hashem and encavodah dam. Rebbe Zatzal had incredible belief in our ability if we saw ourselves in comparison to Rebbe as grasshoppers, he still saw us as giants. And I know, over the years, he sincerely believed that. And I ask you the obvious question, why? Firstly, it was his personal humility. Secondly, it was his deep, deep faith in the human potential. And what effect did that have on us? I could tell you. He really taught us to believe in ourselves. I know that many people have asked a different question. Why were Rebbe Sichot so long and so complex? Why did he have to speak for 55 minutes and lose a certain part, part of his, his, his audience? I would tell you two definite reasons. One was Rebbe's commitment to emet, to the topic matter, to the Torah. The Torah is complex, life is complex, and it would be an injustice to paint it any other way and to dumb it down for the sake of the audience. <coughs> Secondly, Rebbe had faith in the personal uh, person's ability to stretch himself further. When he gave shir, he aimed at the top 20% of the shir, knowing that the rest of the Shia will have to make an effort to try a little bit harder and extend himself more. I remember so well when Rebbe Zatzal gave a hespit for his father. And at one point he said the phrase, I have lost my north star. And I will never forget that phrase because I was so puzzled by it. Rebbe Godel B'Torah lost his North Star. His father, his North Star, at that point for years, was blind and almost completely deaf and completely relied on Rebbe for his guidance. I've lost my North Star. Some 11 months ago, I could tell you, it all became clear to me. It came clear to me through the fog that engulfed me when my father... Harini Kaparat Meshkovo, died. I was fully independent at the time. If anything, my father relied on me towards the end. Yet, I can say that after 11 months, there remains an elusive, lingering emotion of feeling of loss and disorientation. On a more positive note, I would like to end with the image that Shai Lichtenstein painted for us. His father is running with him, holding on to the bike, encouraging encouraging him not to fear, to keep straight, and to keep on pedaling. And at a certain point he realizes his father let go. He turns, and his father says to him, Don't worry, I am here. Keep on pedaling straight. Rabbi Zatzal is no longer here to help us, but he has taught us confidence and how to pedal. And he has showed us direction. And I know, as he's proud of any, every one of his children, he is proud of all his Talmudim. He is a Chor Baruch.
1: We're obviously all one family here, and so there's no need to introduce anybody. But in advance of the next speaker, I just want to mention the following. Last year, shortly before Rosh Hashanah, one of the Shana of Talmidim
0: said to me, Who's the guy who follows Ravarin around all the time? And I said that's Rabbi Dov Carroll.
1: I think all of us in this room have seen the love and respect and affection and care that Rav Dov Karol took of Ravarin. We all appreciate it. And I'd like to ask Rav Carroll to say a few words. I cannot do justice to Rebbe's myriad. Amazing me, So I will just list a few things that I cannot stand here and omit before I continue. Rabbi Zetzel was a man of faith, integrity, passion, generally reserved but occasionally overflowing, we will return to that shortly, great humility, to go with his great brilliance with depth, complexity and clarity, to go with encyclopedic knowledge of Torah and the best that has been thought and said of general culture, a work ethic and hasmata that most cannot even conceive. There's one story about that. The concentration. what Dani mentioned before the concentration. There was one time I was waiting along with another person to speak to Rabbi. He was finishing writing something. The two of us were standing at the Amud. If one understands how far the Amud is from his Makam. we were talking to each other because we realized it was gonna. It might be a while. And after I, we knew he. We figured he knew we were standing there, and we were hoping that we weren't talking too loud to dis- to disturb what the writing he was doing. I was waiting to, fin- to finish what he was writing. The other person. Was waiting for a meeting that was supposed to take place after 25 minutes, and I'm not exaggerating. He looked up, said, "You're here." And I'm not joking. 25. I, I don't. I, I don't want to talk about my own concentration. It's not our topic this evening. <laughs> 25 minutes until he noticed we were standing there. It was uh, I don't know. That's not. It's hard to. It sounds like a joke. his um, tremendous devotion. to and Michael spoke about at great length, and yet a totally devoted family man, as everyone saw very, very clearly last Tuesday. I'll also just mention uh, in passing and not say anything about my relation with Rebbe as a Talmud through the years all I gained from his Shurim and the Sichot and many of you know the Sichot had a great impact on me and sometimes uh, those who read Sichot uh, some may occasionally see my name there as well uh, and that was something that uh, made a great impact on my the Sichot of, uh, of Moreno of Moreno and of Luchlin and both of those and that's not my topic for tonight. Rather, I would like to focus my remarks on those Midodin patterns that Rebbe manifested in recent years. Although in many ways this period did not bring out Rebbe's greatness, there were certain ways in which this period shed light on certain aspects of Rebbe's personality that may have been obscured or latent in the earlier years. One manifestation which was presumably present throughout, I just came across it in later years, was the simple expression of HaKarat Tova, of saying thank you. One simpler example is with regard to cooking. They spoke at the funeral about all the things the Rebbe did around the house. Cooking wasn't generally one of them. And there were years, there were times, any time I was there for a meal, later years, I understand, how, if you want to do the math, how many meals his wife prepared for him over the years. Uh, don't bother, it's a large number. Um, so, that Satov grew as the years, it was amazing to see after benching, it was always after benching. Thank you, Kaddish first. Thank you very much. He's like, she knows that you appreciate what you do. She spent 10,000 meals for you, and she knows that you appreciate it every single time. And if it was at a few times I was at Moshe when they were there, right after benching Todah always there was always a thank you that came at the end of every meal. It sounds very simple. Like I said, after, most people tend to take things for granted after a while, and he never did. Um, in recent years, of course, as has been mentioned, it was always very, until very recently, the young Atamidim don't realize how difficult it was other than the stories they've heard. He never liked to accept help, as Rabbi Berman mentioned earlier. He didn't usually like to accept help from anybody. In recent years, of course, he needed to accept help from time to time, whether from me or from the myriad of other people who he was kind of surprised were so happy to help him. But he would always thank someone holding open a door. Now, you understand, if there was someone who wasn't the, God of the door who needed to hold the door open for him, you probably would be willing to do it and wouldn't expect a thank you note. But holding open the door, carrying things for him, which again all the years he wouldn't let people do at all. And those were things which when I was here, a thank you. I remember there was about two years ago there was I was still when I was first started working with Rebbe directly, I was still sitting up on the rampa and he was walking by and he said, Thank you to me for something and one of the fellows who wasn't used to hearing him say that, because he didn't hear if he stood from afar, he didn't hear the thank yous that much. And he said I didn't know he said thank you that much. And I responded, I was, didn't know what to say. I said, well, I guess you never did anything for him. <laughs> um, which I felt a little bad saying, but I think it was just true. It was, which was well, mostly, of course, because he didn't give people that many opportunities. It wasn't his fault, it just, that was the way it was. One of my favorite memories of this in this regard was about a year and a half ago, right before Rosh Hashanah. It was a period where I was already walking Rebbe home most days. And I said, we came down after Milcha, and I said, Rebbe, do you want to go home now? He said, no. I have something I have, to, I have to go over before the workers go home. I want to go over to them first. And he walked down to the office. This is a year and a half ago. It was a few months before the fall. So he was still walking without, and he he didn't have a cane. He didn't have a walker. But you understand, anyone who was who saw Rebbe two three in the last couple of years knows that at that point he wasn't the physical powerhouse in terms of his uh, mobility that he had been. And he walked down to the office, and he said we he wanted to, to go over to the secretaries, and then he went from there down to the Beit Melacha, so the maintenance workers, those were are following the map, you understand, and from there you will climb back up and into the kitchen, and to each group, he went to say, <laughs> He thanked each group, he could have, he, said, well, I mean, he forgot to tell them early in the day, but I think he made a point of going out specially, down to the secretaries, to the Beit Malachah, where not the workers that usually get a lot of... Uh, Coverage, shall we say, in Yeshiva? The kitchen workers, and we walked into the kitchen. They said, Is everybody here? And Yakov, Yaakov Yaakov was in the machsan in the back of him, he waited until Yaakov Yaakov looked like he was shot out of a cannon when he realized what was going on. He came flying. Um, and he wanted to thank everyone. But he stood there, he waited, they were nervous, he walked in, never mind, they just washed the floor. I was not particularly excited about walking on the wet floor of the kitchen. Again, we were at that point all very nervous about Rebbe slipping. He walked in, he stood there, he thanked. He wanted to thank all the kitchen workers. He wasn't going to give up on Yaakov, who, if uh, anyone knows Yaakov, knows he took very special care of Rebbe, making sure sometimes he gave him more food than he needed, but he made sure and he was taken care of. And he wanted to thank Rishnamit Shana Tova and thank them for all their devoted work throughout the year. Another topic which I mentioned before, throughout his adult life, Rebbe limited his outward emotional expression, and people talked about this. His tremendous passion was difficult to discern for those who were not particularly close. This restraint weighed somewhat in recent years. This provided an insight into moments of great emotion that might have under, otherwise been capped under Rebbe's called Litvish or Yerkeshevel, mostly Litvish. One very striking, just personality, one very striking example, this was the one that was nationally televised, was during the Sing of Atikvah at Pras last year. Those who, those of us were privileged to be in the room, and hopefully you saw a moment, if you were watching, there were moments of it as the camera flashed through, where, uh, I never think anyone, ever, before or since, ever davened Atikva, but... Um, I, I, I hope I have that much kavanah, and my own endavoring at least sometimes. Um, that was one which was tremendous, uh, was amazing to watch. But there were numerous other examples, mostly at smachot or unfortunately at tragedies, where one find him crying or worked up over matters, having an outward, outward expression in earlier years. I, was struggling to, I struggled to find an example that didn't breach privacy, other than the one I mentioned before, which was on television, in Binneya <laughs> Oma. But the whales, the whales during Eicha, and anyone who's been in Yeshiva Tisha night knows what I'm talking about. It was one year I-laned Eicha. Usually Rabbi Dan did it, he was used to it. Um, one year I-laned Eicha, and he sat right next to it. If Chazan sits, one lining sits in the middle of the area next to the Baruch Kodesh, Rabbi sat at the pillar. It was like one foot away. So the first whale or two were very disorienting. After that, you have to keep going with it. But it was tremendous. The pain of the korban was live, was going on in front of his eyes. The groans on Yom Kippur, some people mentioned the davening on Yom Kippur, the groans and the long vidui that no one could ever figure out what he needed to say vidui for. The long, long vidui, guess he was saying for all of Klai Yisrael. Uh, I mean, he would tell you, it was his relationship, the rela- to pair the relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, rather cries, hugs, and kisses, or that he mentioned hugs before. Um, and building on this theme, in recent years, Rabbi also spoke more about his relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Uh, The best example of this comes in the opening chapter of Vakshei Panecha, where he describes it his experience of the kesher of the bond, or the word he told me to prefer there, with the Kodesh Baruch Hu has the strongest feeling in his life, A sentence I find difficult, if not impossible, to believe he ever would have expressed out loud in earlier years. It was surely true, but that sense that one's own feelings are Kodesh Kodeshim, a strong Masora in the Beit HaRaf, in the Salavichic Masora, would never have allowed for such an expression for the very recent years. And I guess we're thank- we're- we owe a debt to sabato for having put that in- gotten that into print. Uh, Rebbe's commitment to Tefillah and Tefillah would never waned and by never I mean that he even made he was in Shul last Sunday morning 24 hours before he was in Iftar sorry uh, but Shach, Shachas and, uh, and Musaf on the first day of Shodesh he was in Shul um, he would come to Sholi when he was seemingly too weak to do so and on days when he had some strength, his tefillah could still be quite intense, even toward the end. Uh, even as he weakened Rebbe's desire to learn remained, his herutah with his grandson Ariel, were the highlight of his week, till they were discontinued very recently, when no longer had the strength, and his drive to continue to come to Yeshiva, until the end of Zeman even on days when I would have thought he would simply remain in bed, were astounding. Was astounding. I remember at a recent time, and, uh, when Rebdani uh, shared an insight with Rebbe, was in Trumas, right? Achilles Truma, right? And he was so excited about it, he asked Ravdani to come back to his seat, and he, he wanted to follow up with him. I went back to Ravdani and he, said, he wants to speak to you again. The excitement that he still had at a chiddush, and an idea that Ravdani had formulated, which obviously one of the uh, more prominent people in Yeshiva, but that Ravdani had this Kiddish, and Rebbe asked me to call him back over because he wanted to follow up with him. Because he still had that excitement in learning, um, which remained uh, even recently when he was too t- in recent weeks when he was too tired to come to yeshiva. He was sometimes talking learning either I had this course myself, or sometimes there were other families around. A few weeks ago, I was sitting with him in a study, and he was very bothered by a strange half Tosis. And once I figured out what he was talking about, I looked it up, and I said, "Rebbe," he said, "How can to say that?" And I looked it up. I said, Rebbe, Tosus say you can't say. They reject the Havmin immediately. And that did nothing. It did nothing at all to pacify him. It was still, how could Tosus say such a thing? And he was absolutely incensed that Tosus would say such a thing. I said, Rebbe, they, 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 they reject it. They say you can't say it. And everyone, I mean, everyone's laughing. I laughed at it too afterwards, but I was trying to, I was trying to get through the moment, and it wasn't working.
0: Um,
1: just a week and a half ago, um, I asked him when he rose for a nap, if he wanted to learn. He said yes. I asked him what? He said, Basavah By the time I returned to the Sefer, he'd fallen asleep again, to give you an idea of how just how weak he was. When he arose again, he started talking through basic sodas and Basavah I didn't have a chance. I was going to read the rabbin to him. He started talking it out to me a few weeks ago. He started talking about what so he wanted to learn. He said, Chalav. And he started with there are five different aspects of Khala. Sometimes it was in Hebrew, sometimes in English. Five different aspects of Chalei. I don't think he. It was hard to tell how where he was and what was going on around him. But Chalei, he remembered. Wednesday, just a week and a half ago, uh, half a week before he passed away. Also, he started. Uh, he started talking out. He started with Khamits and the Hanah and the Achila, and then he switched the bus to Balsu B'Chalei and Yisur Bishul, and Yisr Hanah, Yisur Achila. The following day, when Shai was there, we started issues of and Tara. That I think Shai mentioned that in his Levaya in his husband. Um, uh, the, not only did the commitment to Torah remain until the end, but the actual vacant story, as I was telling people at the time, people would ask me how Rebbe was doing, and I said if he can talk, and if he knows his own name, and he knows his fam- whose family is, so he knows that Basav is a Yisrael Bishu, and a Achila, and a Hanah, and he knows that Chameitz is an Yisrael Achila, and a Yisrael Hanah, there's a, it, 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 that's, that's, that's just part of who it is. He, he may not have been able to say a shir and anymore, but of course, you know that Bassevachalim um, is a special, is a chidus right So these, even as seemingly everything was failing him, and he was in a very weak state and very compromised, these remained somehow through through all of that. And um, just to sum up a bit, the final period of every's life was not an easy one for him. I had the special chid as Ali mentioned of accompanying him some through this period, while well, his over over. While well, his tremendous strength and independence waned in this period, and those, again, see looking around the room, there are people who knew Rebbe in the very recent years, and there are a lot of people who knew him from before, and for those of us who remember him from before, it's, it's still hard to imagine that he got weak. Never mind that he's not here. The fact that he wasn't the strongest person around, and the fastest moving person around, and the tremendous pile, I can't even... I tried doing it. There were times that so people know I'm poor and sometimes I tried imitating. and, and He can't carry that many svarim. Sometimes, when there was a period where I would sometimes carry, where he would let me carry his farm for him. I always needed two hands. I'm not the weakest guy I know. I always needed two hands. I couldn't, I can't do it. Anyway, so that waned, but his drive and the values that he held dear, I mentioned some of them before, the passion for the relationship of the Kurdish Baruch for Yiddishkeit, for Torah, Avod, for Minus, Hassanim, all remained clouded by some of the weakness that was there till the end. And I hope we have this chus to learn from his example and carry forward the values that he advanced.